Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets, your 2022-2023 NBA champions. The season is finally over. The playoff trudge has concluded. We have a winner, and that means that we will soon have an announcement on what John Morant's suspension will look like. We're going to talk about that and more on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, once again, congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. The NBA Finals are over. Nikola Jokic and company are the champions of the world. And nobody is happier to get to go back to their horses than Nikola Jokic. I think we can all agree on that. But I think we all can probably agree at this point as well. No disrespect to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Nikola Jokic is the best player on the planet. And the NBA Finals displayed that, at least for now. Uh, But the finals are over. We're finally in the offseason for all 30 NBA teams, and that means that we're about to experience a pretty seismic shift in the Grizzlies' plans uh, for the short term, at least, with John Morant's suspension. We'll talk about that and more next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. We are proud members of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team each and every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube as well as wherever you get your podcasts. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. All those fun things. It is much appreciated. My co-host, Michael Cole, and I very much appreciate you making us part of your NBA and Grizzlies experience each and every day. Uh, DeMichael, you weren't able to join us for the Grizzlies and Nets crossover episode. We'll talk a little bit about, in my opinion, the most surprising thing that came out of that crossover edition of the podcast between Locked On Grizzlies and Locked On Nets. We'll also continue our NBA draft profiles. I'm writing one or have written one uh, on Jet Howard, son of Juwan Howard there from Michigan. Uh, We'll talk about him a little bit at the end, whether or not he makes sense for the Grizzlies. We'll talk about that at the close of the show. But to start us off on this Wednesday edition of Locked On Grizzlies, With the NBA Finals concluding, obviously this isn't Locked On Nuggets or Locked On Heat. I highly recommend you go check out those podcasts, obviously, as they just recently concluded the NBA Finals after you listen to Locked On Grizzlies. But it's relevant to Memphis because now Adam Silver, who made it very clear that he wasn't going to be a distraction as he distracted over the last week and a half (laughs) or so, now it is time at some point this week for John Morant to uh, learn if he doesn't already know, and there's a decent chance he already knows, but for the rest of us to learn what exactly is coming down the pike in terms of discipline from the NBA offices uh, with regard to his actions on Instagram live. The fact this is the second offense. Uh, We've gotten Mm -hmm. comments on our YouTube page to Michael, you know, people talking about how, you know, it's, it's like that he committed a homicide or that he's being treated unfairly, because yeah. of what is happening with regard to legalities, you know, Chris Kamen gets brought up a lot, you know, yeah. the second no, amendment no, gets brought yeah. up, Tennessee no, gun laws. Yep. No disrespect to Chris Kamen. Uh, he is not John Morant. John Morant has been floated by you and me and a bunch of people as the first Gen Z NBA superstar, you know, every day in here in Virginia where I live and work, I see kids wearing jaw shoes, jaw grizzlies jerseys. That was not a thing 
when the Grizzlies in the grit and grind era had Marcus Gasol and Mike Conley and Zach Randolph mm-hmm. leading the show. People weren't rocking their gear. John Morant is a legitimate NBA superstar, and you could easily argue as LeBron James ages out, Steph Curry a couple of years behind him, John Morant more than anybody in terms of superstar status could have next. And he could just as easily at this stage be the next sad story in state of affairs for the NBA as a, you know, a tragic tale of what not to do. So how Adam Silver walks this line of discipline, rehabilitation, uh, better understanding of public relations, however you want to describe what's about to happen, it's a pretty significant next step, most importantly for John Morant, but obviously for the Grizzlies and the NBA at large as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot at stake here, and people are trying to figure out how will Adam Silver you know, handle this situation? You know, there's so many different ways he could go. And we've read between the tea leaves of, you know, the comments he's made uh, up leading up to this process, which I've kind of compared to like a press run before an album, right? Like every time we look up, it's something new. He's saying something new and it's like, I thought this wasn't going to be a distraction, but he, that's neither here nor there. I let Joe already give him a mouthful on one of our earlier episodes. If you missed that. I but did say a lot. Yeah. You, you we don't have to revisit that. You gave him a mouthful, so so I'll just point the people back to that, and and I I I will say that Joe also spoke for me uh, when he was speaking then as well. But here's the thing, I think that Adam Silver and, and David Stern, people keep throwing out these comparisons. Oh, if it was David Stern, he'd get the hook and he'd get this, including Guess me. Guess what? I agree, but we have to remember this: Adam Silver has taken over a different NBA than the one that David Stern took over. You you know like I know, when David Stern took over the NBA, they were fighting for their financial lives. There wasn't a there really wasn't a global presence. The, the NBA, NBA finals were on tape delay. They were on tape delay. They weren't even live television back then. But even from a discipline standpoint, drugs were a huge problem in the NBA back then. I mean <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you've heard some of the stories. We don't have to get into that, <laughs> but uh, drugs were a huge problem. Sure, gambling was a pr- huge problem. Like there were morality issues. There were a lot of issues that David Stern had to be tough on sure. to kind of clean up the image of the NBA. So he had to serve that role as kind of that disciplinarian. By the time David Stern took over the NBA, it was much more clean cut. All these guys focusing on fashion and all these things off the court. And, I mean, it's a whole different league now. So with all these financial incentives and, and as and not David Stern, Adam Silver has really referred to John Morant as one of the faces of the NBA. All of that is why he wants to be careful uh, with how he handles this. Uh, I've said time and time again, I think that the way that we're probably going to see this be handled is he's going to discipline John for sure. But I think – uh, the main, the most important part of this process to Adam Silver and to the league office is the rehabilitation part that you mentioned earlier. Maybe some gun sensitivity training, you know, some some exercises on things like that. Maybe a different type of counseling uh, they'll put John to. Remember, one of the things he said in that Dan Patrick interview was, uh, we want to get John help, and not just for a couple sessions. You know, he kind of felt like he was alluding to, you know, when Ja, uh, during the, the time away from the Grizzlies, when he went and got the counseling and he came back and people were wondering, well, 
Is he still going to be doing counseling or like how was it? Because he just went down to Florida and he's already back. But it sounds like uh, Adam Silver wants to get him in a longer process on that end. And uh, I, for one, think that's a smart strategy, you know, uh, just just suspending a guy and and not giving him anything to learn from it other than, oh, if you do this again, you're out. Like, there are other ways to go about it, especially with a guy like John. You want him to be a face of the league. So at the end of the day, you much rather show him uh, how to rehabilitate some things rather than uh, kind of threaten him and say, we want to, we'll kick you out if this happens again. Because Lee doesn't, Lee doesn't want to lose John no. Morant. He's one of the most exciting players in the game right now. Yeah. And I've talked about this, and maybe we have a future episode on it at some point, but players have told me, like from other teams, like the NBA is a fraternity, right? So there are some guys in the league who even don't talk to John much. They want to see him succeed. And one reason I've had some players say they want to see John succeed is the fact that he's kind of being viewed as one of the biggest faces of American basketball right now. Absolutely. You just mentioned it with Jokic and Embiid and and, and Giannis and, and Dead Croc. A uh, European basketball is in style right now. But the Jason Tatums, the 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 John Morants, the Devin Bookers, uh, those are the guys who are now going to be in charge after the Curry – after the LeBrons are, are gone, of carrying that USA basketball torch, not you know in, from the Olympic standpoint, but just being the Americans that are staying at the right. top of their game, uh, they feel like Ja can be one of those guys, so they want to see Ja do well. It matters for a lot of reasons. You know, obviously they just inked a new collective bargaining agreement, new TV yeah. deals are coming up. You know, th- there's a real possibility that these NBA contracts by the time. John ja Morant is LeBron James's age, you know, mm-hmm. 15 years from now. There's a real shot that these guys could be looking at making, you know, 700, 800 million dollars in the span of a contract. You know, I was I was thinking about Saquon Barkley's situation with the New York Giants, not to get yeah. too far down the NFL well yeah. on Lockdown Grizzlies, but the fact that he is one of the best running backs in the NBA in the NFL, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And he is franchise tagged to make ten million dollars. Can't get a long term. The, the, the strength of the NBA players' union is only matched probably by Major League Baseball. I think that might be a yeah. fair thing yeah. to say. Austin Reeves is getting floated out there as getting a max contract extension worth one hundred million dollars. <laughs> Who is more valuable as an athlete, Saquon Barkley or Austin Reeves? It's not even close. It's not even a contest, and yet. Here's a guy who can only get guaranteed $10 million. And Austin Reeves is about to get almost $100 million potentially in guaranteed money. So I I think that you have a lot of football players wishing they were a little bit taller. Um, And and I also think that you look at this from the standpoint of jaw is a key component of making that be reality, as opposed to two guys talking on a podcast in 2023, that is possible. If you looked back at the NBA 10 years ago and said, oh, you know, guys will be, you know, role players, sixth men will be making $100 million, people would have laughed in your face. Yep. Now it's it's commonplace for that kind of money to be spent. And I think it will only continue to grow and evolve and adapt. John Morant's a major piece of that. So I'm with you. I don't think they want to punish. I think that they will have an, an angle where they'll do their best to walk the line people that want him out for 16 to 20 games. I think he's going to be out for about that long, but it's not going to be phrased as a suspension. They're going to be careful with their wording. They're going to tell jaw you're going to this therapy or this counseling. 
you're going to do this gun training, whatever the case might be. And I do think that a Friday news dump makes the most sense. For it that. makes the a most couple sense of days. I, I'm not sure when the Nuggets parade is. It's probably, you know, today, Thursday, Thursday. Thursday mm-hmm. There you go. Um, Friday makes all the sense in the world. So that's my prediction. I, yeah, I see. A, you don't have to worry job. about the talk shows. You know, Correct. the whole weekend, you don't have to worry about Skip Bayless going in on it. Well, it's Shannon Sharp's not on Undisputed anymore. That, that's but, true. But you got, you got, you know, Stephen A and, and all the yeah. you know other talk shows. You don't have to wait a that. couple days. Yep. Exactly. So, so I think that's where we'll be with Ja. And obviously, we'll continue to keep an eye on it for you here on Locked On Grizzlies. But coming up next, we're going to take a look at our previous episode of Lockdown Grizzlies disappointed, understandably that DeMichael wasn't able to join us, but we had a great conversation with the Lockdown Nets crew about various trades that can make sense between Memphis and Brooklyn. And the Brooklyn Nets folks were really enamored with one Brandon Clark. And I want to get DeMichael's take on that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, prize picks. Maybe you're thinking, oh, these guys are going to talk about prize picks. Why in the world are they bringing up prize picks? The NBA finals are over. The daily Superflex promotion has come to its conclusion. Well, wonderful listener, wonderful viewer, what you're not realizing is prize picks, as we've talked about before, has not just NBA basketball, but also Major League Baseball, PGA Golf as the uh, U.S. Open approaches. You could look at the WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, all the way through cricket, just about every sport with the projections available are available via prize picks. And remember, you're not going against others. It's you against the projections that are available. Entries that can be made in 60 seconds or less very easily with safe and fast withdrawals, operational in more than half of the United States as well as in Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. It's that simple. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. When we come back here on Locked On Grizzlies, the curious case of Brandon Clark. I'm not as high on him as Brooklyn is, apparently. We'll see what the Michael thinks next. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mullinax, joined by my co-host, DeMichael Cole, of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Make sure you're giving him a follow on Twitter, at DeMichael C. You can follow me on Twitter, at Joe Mullinax. DeMichael does great work at the Commercial Appeal. I do less good work, but still pretty solid, over at Bluff City Media. Great work. Oh, well, thank you, DeMichael. I appreciate that. I promise I wasn't fishing for compliments. Uh, Between the two of us, a lot of coverage experience with the Memphis Grizzlies. DeMichael's been on the beat for a couple years now. You've made the right choice when it comes to talking Grizzlies basketball, being here with us on Lockdown Grizzlies. As I mentioned before, shout out to Adam of the Locked On Nets podcast. Really enjoyed my conversation with him yesterday. And the fascinating thing, uh, and again, they aren't trading Mikel Bridges. That's not as surprising. They would really like to get rid of people like uh, Patty Mills, which, again, less surprising. What surprised me was how much they liked two players in particular. And I think one of them is less surprising the more you think about it. And one, at least to me, was pretty surprising. He really liked Santi Aldama, which Mm -hmm. if you are an outsider to the Memphis Grizzlies and you don't watch every game, you don't know that he was a defensive liability at times in that Lakers series. You look at his numbers, he's a six foot 11 guy who shoots almost 40% from three. A lot of skill. Sign me up, right? Um, I, I think that that's less surprising. But he was really into Brandon Clark. 
And, and it got to the point where I had to say, you do know he blew out his Achilles, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, I think I think he can, you know, come back from that and, and be a pretty good basketball player. He would sign off on something. We we agreed to a framework. It would be like DFS, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal, and Patty Mills hmm. for Brandon Clark, Tyus Jones, and that, that would pretty much be it. Like whatever other money had to make it work. And, you know, he didn't even necessarily say that number 25 in this draft had to be included. And that yeah. was mildly surprising because Brandon Clark, so much of his game is dependent on his ability to leap and his ability to releap, his releap ability, right? Getting off the ground so quickly. It's not like he has a jump shot that he can depend on. It's not like he has a game that has layers to it in terms of offensive skill. He is very much elite when healthy at getting to the basket, finishing at the rim, but that's because of his athleticism, which even in 2023, after blowing out Achilles, I think it's fair to be mildly concerned about. So I am of the mind that, again, that was the basic framework, Clark, Tyus for DFS, Royce O'Neal, Patty Mills. To me, that checks a lot of playoff basketball boxes in the here and now, and the Brooklyn Nets are not as concerned about Brandon maybe not being able to play next year because, or not being at full speed, maybe is the best way to play it next year because they're not really worried about making the playoffs or contending for a championship, whereas the Grizzlies are. So to me, that was the biggest surprise. He would totally be cool with a Brandon Clark for DFS sign off. And in the short term, I'm not sure there's an argument against that for the Grizzlies. Long term, there's, you know, if Brandon Clark comes back healthy. Brandon Clark is better than Dorian Finney-Smith, but I'm I'm I would happily make the bet that in 2023-2024 DFS will be a more impactful player than Brandon Clark. You don't trade Brandon Clark, Joe. Oh. This is, this this is our this, first this, hard disagreement. This is, this is this is what we can't do right now. You cannot trade Brandon Clark right now Why for not? a bunch of reasons. Okay. For a bunch of reasons. Uh, let's let's start with the emotional side of things. Oh, that's the, that's the, I know, Joe. You you, you forget the uh, emotions, right? But dude, this is this is Jared's best friend. He came in with Ja. Uh, they have this great chemistry on the court. Uh, you already let DeAnthony Melton go. Now trading Brandon Clark. Uh, that's gonna you know we talk about chemistry a lot. Uh, he and Jaren's chemistry. It's very good. Uh, he has great chemistry with Ja. He was the first play, first guy on the team I saw wearing uh, the Ja ones, other than Ja. Uh, just great lo- locker room guy overall. Two. Now let's talk about the basketball side of this, right? That's what everybody wants to get into. Someone, uh, one of Joe's uh, favorite people on my Facebook, uh, pointed out the fact that Brandon Clark was a big reason why the Grizzlies won in the first round against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Two years and, and an Achilles tendon ago. Two years and an Achilles tendon ago. Uh, here's the thing. Let's talk about the Achilles tendon because you're on to something. Brandon Clark is very much, I think, when you watch him play, you think more athlete than super skilled guy. At the end of the day, to make the NBA, you have to be skilled. So it's not saying he's not skilled, but it's it's saying you don't see a lot of between the legs crossovers. You don't see fadeaway jumpers where it's say, oh, he, you know, a lot of his game, a lot of his scoring is kind of dependent on his athleticism. But shall I remind you, over the last couple seasons, 
Only two guys have been as efficient with a floater as big men as Brandon Clark. Nikolai Jokic and Jakob Pertl. And that's one of the reasons for that. What's one of the reasons for that? Because people are so intimidated of him finishing at the rim. He's one of the best finishers at the rim in the NBA in large yeah. part because of his leap ability and re-leap ability. But, but here's my point. Jakob Pertl and, and Nikolai Jokic, uh, neither of them are, are jumping through, you know, uh, jumping, hitting the top of the backboard. I'll give you Pertl to Michael, but come on. Nikola Jokic is the best player on the planet right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I'm, I'm only talking about the floaters. He has a comparable floater to those guys. He's right, going to get to his Nikola Jokic spots. can also pass. Nikola Jokic can hit threes. Nikola Jokic can create. He is the point guard we're, for the Denver Nuggets. You're not paying him a max contract. You're paying him four years. What is it, fifty-four million or something like that? You're paying. This is this is the big one for me when it turns to not trading Brandon Clark. He's a chess piece for the Grizzlies, and what I mean by that is right now you have it perfect where you have this these three bigs. I think uh, that is centered around in terms of Jaron Jackson Jr., Stephen Adams, Brandon Clark. We've seen it play out both ways. Uh, Golden State series a couple years ago, and we talked a lot about Stephen Adams this year against the Lakers. Stephen Adams was big against Golden State when they finally played him. He made a huge difference. Uh, didn't didn't so much in Game Six, but in Games Three, I mean Games Four and Five, made a big difference. Then, uh, to the contrary, remember Round One when Stephen Adams got played off the floor. What will you do now if that happens? You gonna turn Xavier Tillman? I would play Dorian Finney-Smith. You're going to play – you can get Dorian Finney-Smith without giving up Brandon Clark. I'm not it's disagreeing Ty, with that. Tyus I don't Jones think you're wrong. Is is enough there. So that's that's where I am. I think between the chemistry, between the chess piece, like he is a matchup type player that the Grizzlies need because at the end of the day, Steven Adams is amazing. Great center. But there are certain matchups that you'll see in the playoffs where it's like, okay, this is a Brandon Clark series. This is a Steven Adams series. And I think having that flexibility is important for the Grizzlies right now. And right now they have that. Uh, you got Jaron Jackson Jr. I didn't even mention. I mean, we've seen it not even just this past season, but in their careers. The net rating numbers with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Brandon Clark on the floor together, they speak for themselves, like over their careers, not just this season, not just last season, <laughs> for their careers. So uh, that's where I am. I think Brandon Clark uh, is a is an integral piece to the Grizzlies in the future. I think with the Achilles, uh, I'm not going to get too much into science because you've made it very clear that science <laughs> science is 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 you know you don't have the trust, Joe. You don't trust the science enough. I trust the science. That's not necessarily true. I trust the science of medicine. Okay. I am saying that this is a player who so much of his game uh-huh. is predicated on that one specific thing. I'm saying. I get it, but we we can disagree. We don't have to agree all the time, to Michael. That's all right. I get it. No, um, no, it makes perfect so sense to me. I think we can revisit this down the road, and I I do want to. Sure. And I do want to specify that I agree that you can get DFS without trading Brandon Clark. I, I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's not true. I was just intrigued by how interested Brooklyn was in Brandon Clark. Oh, yeah. And I would be interested in Brandon Clark, on, uh, too. Moving forward. Yeah. 
if he, you know, had two fully functioning legs. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> when we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we're going to finish up this episode with a quick draft profile on Jet Howard. If the last name is familiar, it's because it's Jawan's baby boy. But baby boy has grown to be a six foot eight wing that can handle the ball a little bit. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies, finishing up here on this Wednesday edition of the show. I am Joe Mullinax, one of your hosts, joined by my co-host, DeMichael Cole, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. DeMichael, I have over at BluffCityMedia.co a mm-hmm. n- or another NBA draft profile live on Jet Howard. I wrote about Brandon. You're churning Tyson. them out, man. You're, you're churning I, those profiles out. You know, I the mock draft is where I do my research, right? The community mock NBA draft. That's where I go and watch some film. I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert on all these guys like other people, but I spend about 20 to 30 minutes per uh, per prospect, whether it's, you know, sitting when I'm supposed to be doing something else at work or, mm-hmm. you know, late at night when my family's asleep. I'll watch some film and, you know, I'd say I put in about five or six hours uh, of watching this tape. So I've watched Jet Howard for about 20 minutes or so, and I've read mm-hmm. up on Jet Howard. And I'm confident in saying that I think he's going to be a good NBA player but I don't think he's good for the Grizzlies. And here's why I think that he has an offensive skill set that you love to see from a six foot eight wing. He can handle the ball. He's really strong in the pick and roll. He actually kind of reminds me of DeMar DeRozan and the way that he can play and do some pull up jumper kind of things. He shoots the three better than DeMar and more willingly, but in terms of just creating space off the dribble and using his frame well offensively, there's a lot that he can do, and he makes a lot of sense, as you've talked about here on Lockdown Grizzlies before. The Grizzlies want guys that can play, theoretically, the two through the four in terms of positions as the NBA becomes more positionless. Jet Howard can do that. And again, his father being Juwan, even though he's a little bit light in terms of frame right now, I'm willing to bet on genetics that he's going to fill out a little bit over the next few years. He's only 19 on draft night. Jet Howard defensively just wasn't as proficient as you would expect him to be at his size with his frame. Really strong player offensively, not as good defensively. I think there's better options for the Grizzlies around 25 that are more two-way, two-side-of-the-floor type of guys that could help with their current state of affairs if they have to pick at 25 overall. Yeah, uh, when I look at Jet Howard, it's, it's something I like about prospects from a from a scouting guy it's something i always do and i'm looking at his shooting volume and and, and the volume of three pointers he takes mm-hmm. and i throw the percentage out the window because if you're taking six seven three pointers per game clearly you're making a whole bunch of them in practice and and clearly you know uh your coach believes you will make a bunch of them unless you're I dylan think- brooks unless you're dylan brooks <laughs> unless you're dylan brooks <laughs> and unless you're dylan brooks but uh there's always I mean, exceptions. There's always exceptions. But with this guy, he has a nice clean shooting stroke. He's a coach's son. You mentioned uh, that already. But, again, let's kind of get, get to the point where we're talking about overload, you know, here hmm. uh, at the position. I, I like his game. In a way, he kind of reminds me of another Michigan prospect from last season, Caleb Houston. Remember that name? Hmm. Uh, he he kind of just, just the way, you know, uh, he was used this past season with Michigan – uh, looked very similar to Caleb Houston and just watching Caleb Houston this past season in Orlando. Uh, I think we saw him one time in Memphis, but he didn't play a lot and he, his shooting didn't just translate over immediately. So right. uh, I, again, I've said the Grizzlies 
They need any, need, they can't get any more of these in-between guys. You know, David Roddy, 18 minutes per game, uh, was actually pretty solid. But you need a guy who's going to go out there and who's going to be a, a major impact player in year one. Or you need a guy you just throw in the G League and say, hey, go, you know, go work on your game. Next season, we want you to be Santi Aldama. Uh, I, I think that's kind of where it is. I, I like this guy's game, but uh, my thing with Jen Howard is is where where do you play him? I agree. One thing that you hit on was where I could understand if they drafted him, it would make sense in addition to the shooting because the shooting is always going to appeal to the Grizzlies right now. That is what they're very much in the market for. They want shooters. But other than the shooting, I think the thing that appeals to me is the position versatility. He's a guy, he can play the two, he can play the three, and he'll eventually grow into someone who can play uh, the four a little bit more. And as that happens, uh, the Grizzlies like those position versatile guys. We see it, you know, with Desmond Bain pretty much primarily playing the two in his first year. Now he's playing the one, the two, the three. Uh, We see it with Zaire Williams. We see it with Jake LaRavia, David Roddy. The list goes on. They Mm -hmm. like those guys, John Conchar, et cetera. He is someone who can kind of fill a similar role to that. I think that you're exactly right, and I love the Bain example because that's their best example right now yeah. of someone who's gone from you know every lots of people had him pegged as just some spot up shooter mm-hmm. if he's anything in the NBA, and now he can play the one two and in spots depending on lineups he can play the three because he's improved as a defender as well. Uh, that's not talked about as much as his handle and his offensive you know downhill des stuff. Bain, even with his negative wingspan, essentially, is an average to above average defender now. And that just makes his offensive efficiency jump through the roof even more, um, which is one of the best arguments for him being a potential max player, which maybe we can talk about on a future episode of Locked on Grizzlies. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Locked on Grizzlies. Uh, The next time that we're back together on a Thursday edition of the show, We'll be able to talk a little bit more about uh, draft prospects and profiling other players, you know, what the Grizzlies might plan on doing there around 25. We've talked about that a little bit already. But, you know, to Michael, you mentioned the idea of drafting someone and just saying they're going to be a stash guy in the G League. If they have to pick a 25, maybe that's not the worst use of that selection. Mm -hmm. If you just take the guy with the highest upside and you say, go play in South Haven for most of the season. Or you draft the guy over in Europe right now. Right. You draft and stash. I think that's another one. If you can't find that second dance partner, to paraphrase Zach Kleiman, um, other ways to kind of view that number 25 pick. I think that makes a lot of sense for our next episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. But until that time, thank you so much to Michael Cole, my wonderful co-host. Thank you so much to all of you that have been checking out Lockdown Grizzlies. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts as proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, each and every day. Check us out on YouTube. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe, all those fun things. It's been another great episode of the show. We appreciate you being along for the ride with us. Until next time, stay locked in. This is Locked On Grizzlies.